All right, so we have Dennis Yu with us. And it's really, really, really a very, very pleasant day for us that we have the one and only Dennis Yu. He's a fantastic Facebook marketer. Like he has done billions of dollars on the Facebook ads. And today he's going to share all his secrets, all his things that how the dollar a day strategy and everything. Trust me, when it comes to Dennis Yu, he's one of the greatest I've ever seen. What's up beautiful people, my name is Anurad Das and welcome to the Money Secrets Podcast where we interview international 8-9 to nine figure entrepreneurs and ask their exact strategy source that how they have created such a multi-million dollar companies. Every day we reveal the hidden strategies and make it in front of you so that you guys can copy and paste the strategies and build the same for you. Watch the full episode to know how you can replicate the same success like them. So, hi Dennis, how it's like <laughs> this Money Secrets podcast? Well, after you said that, everything's amazing. Appreciate you so much, Anurag. Thank you so much. Okay, so just a simple question before I go ahead. That say something about India. Have you ever been to India? Oh yeah, I've been to Mumbai, Chandigarh, Delhi, Bangalore. I've been all over India. My buddy Vivek Bhargava, he's, his main office is in Mumbai, but he's got offices in Pune and other places. He's the largest ad agency in India. He spends more money than anyone else on Google and Facebook in India. And so I love going. I was just there 12 months ago. And yeah, every time I go through Dubai, I try to stop in Mumbai if I can. I think India is probably going to overtake the United States in the next five to 10 years, probably be the number two economy in the world. All the stuff that's going on with Tata, I think India is a, is a mighty, mighty world force. That's amazing, actually, to be honest, because the people in India, the people in digital marketing economy in India, it's growing also like huge. Okay. So straight to the point, uh, Dennis, one simple question to you. Why Facebook ads and all is so close to you? How did everything, all of this get started? <laughs> so I was at Yahoo as a search engine engineer 20-something years ago. And Facebook, they opened up their platform. This is before the advertising platform opened in 2007. And it was called F8. And you could build apps. And I built one of the first apps on the platform. And all these other app developers were building apps. And some of our apps went to millions of users within just a few days, which is crazy because Facebook allowed it. You remember like there would be like Food Fight and Happy Hour and Zombies, Werewolves, Ninja, all, you know, all these different sorts of like Mafia Wars. Remember all these Farmville, remember these kinds of games. And these guys that had built these apps that got millions of users had no way to monetize. So what did we do back then? That was 2007. We would just put up ad code for Google AdSense. Because if you had a website, you would just put in a Google AdSense code. There weren't major networks. There were like double click or you could insert ad serving things. But it was, it, it, there's really no way to monetize. And this is before mobile really became a thing, if you remember back then. So uh, these guys were making on AdSense maybe five cents for every thousand impressions inside their app. So some people, they make a couple thousand dollars because they had millions of downloads, you know, millions of people playing their game every day. These are very, very simple games. And I said, you know what? If I'm an ad-serving guy and 
me and a couple other engineers from Yahoo, we said, let's build an ad server that actually pulls in Facebook data. So let's say, Anran, you and I, we built an app that was race cars, right? So virtual race cars. So I would come in and choose a Ferrari and you would come in and choose a Lamborghini and we would race, right? Remember these apps, would, you know, compete. And the more friends you invited, the more horsepower you would get or the more fuel you would get. And the more you beat them, the more points you'd earn. And, and all of those Facebook games, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, Nintendo or Sony or all that. It wasn't play, it wasn't any of the nice, like full fancy graphic effects. It was just very simple, casual games. The, re the reason these games were interesting is because it included your friend's information. So I built an ad server, the first in the world, that had that, that pulled in your friend's information. And so when you joined a game, you clicked a button that said, yes, I authorize this app to have access to all my friends and their names and their faces and their birthdays and what they like, because that was stuff that we could use in the game as an app developer. And that was, they gave it to us via something that's called the secret key. So all these app developers that wanted to use the ad network that we created, I'm an ad serving guy, I'm a data engineer, they had to give us their secret key. So then on or on, you would go onto Facebook and you would see this thing that's saying, hey, Dennis's birthday is today. Would you like to spend $1 and send him a virtual flower? Remember? Come back to the virtual It's like that. And then uh, we did a test with FTD where you could actually buy real flowers and real chocolates and whatever for your girlfriend because back then people would send all these virtual gifts and but then uh this is the turning point one of my friends shall we say was a big spammer lin mao and it's tattoo media and a couple other ones and he said we can run spam through here and say one of these three friends and imagine this is this has never happened before in the world you're inside facebook and you see an ad but you don't know it's an ad because this is facebook looking text and Facebook font and all this. And it says, one of these three friends is looking at your profile. One of these three girls has a crush on you. One of these three friends is challenging you to an IQ quiz and it's three of your best friends, right? You don't realize an ad. So we built an ad server. Imagine how much engineering efforts required to build an ad server that pulls all the data that we have about you and generates an ad on the fly with your information in it. At that point, there was no ad server that could do that because it was just served, like all the ad servers and most people even today, they think ad servers are just serving banner ads, right? The same ad to everybody. But we are creating ads individually for everybody. So we had to build an ad server from the ground up to be able to generate ads very quickly while you were playing the game that were relevant to who you were and who your friends were. And that worked so well that we were making eighty, ninety thousand $90,000 a day. And it was very profitable. And a lot of affiliates came in and we also sold licenses of our software to other people. And one of my friends who I, I probably won't name, I won't name him. His name is Adam, but you won't know his last name. But he bought my ad serving software for me for a few hundred thousand dollars. And then he turned around and sold his company for over a hundred million dollars using our ad serving software. Right. And at that time we were the second largest user of memcache on the planet, which is in database memory. Only Facebook was ahead of us in serving. The only way to serve ads this quickly was using a particular type of in-database memory, which we used. And anyway, it was very high scale. We were serving like 120, 130 million ads per day through the Facebook ad platform. Made Mark Zuckerberg mad. We had lunch to discuss this. Mark Zuckerberg hates me, right? And then I argued on CNN with him. 
live in front of millions of people. So he hates me more. Right. And, but I told Mark and all these other people at Facebook that, and the f people at Facebook agree with me that Facebook is an incredible platform. It, it opens though, because there's so much information, because there's so much growth, there's a lot of people that will abuse it. And when the Facebook ad system came out, maybe in 2009 or so, you could start running real ads. I don't mean the, the banner ads that you could do before, which was called Facebook flyers. It created an opportunity to be able to sell all kinds of things because it was not regulated. And Zuckerberg told me that he, he only had, how was it 2008? He only had 20 engineers on the Facebook ads platform. And they were mostly devoted to thwarting the spam that I created. <laughs> he said something like, you know, I really wish I could spend most of my engineering on building more features and making a better platform. But instead, I'm most of the engineers are there trying to fight spam and the things that you guys are creating. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's like one question, like the people, someone was asking from the crowd right now. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, first of all, I would love to just uh, make you aware of the crowd. It's right now one aim. It's just one aim in the night uh, in uh, India right now. And the crowd is waiting for you just because they came to know that you are coming. Oh, thank you guys. So uh, one question our people is asking, like, what was the feeling when you were making like eighty to $90,000 in a day in your 20s? What was that feeling at that point of time? Well, what would you do if you were making all this money, right? So I would fly friends first class and we'd go to conferences. We'd eat at the nicest restaurants. I would have my laptop open in the restaurant and I would be hitting refresh. So any of you guys that do like affiliate marketing and run a lot of ads, you probably know what I'm talking about, where you're looking at how much traffic and how many clicks and how many earnings and sales you have and you're clicking refresh, refresh, refresh. And I remember going to, and you would go to sushi restaurant and we'd eat a lot of sushi and we'd sit down and I'd open the laptop and I'd click refresh and it'd say, okay, today we've already made $25,000. And I click refresh, you know, 10 seconds later, we made another $200. I click refresh like five minutes later when the appetizers or whatever coming, we made another, you know, $5,000. And by the end of the meal, you know, we made another $15,000 and maybe the meal was like $3,000. So I'm like, you know what? We made $15,000 in, in the last hour and a half. So the meal was free, right? So it was, I know that's not the correct math. I know that's not how you're supposed to behave, but I was buying people cars as Christmas bonuses and buying them laptops and buying them big screen TVs. And back then TVs, I know TVs are very cheap now, but the big TVs back then were $5,000. And so we were wasting money. I lived in a big mansion and we just wasted so much money. It was very immature. But it gave you so much experiences too at that point of time, I guess. Yeah. I, you know, it was, I behaved very poorly and I went to lots of places that I probably shouldn't have gone because, you know, you're supposed to go to the Vegas clubs and pop bottles. And these bottles of, of just regular liquor are $750. It's insane. You know, but if you, if I go to one of these parties and a friend of mine, like Scott Richter, who ran CPA empire, which is affiliate.com, he would spend 30, $40,000 just for an evening at the club, because that's when you go to Las Vegas club, it's very expensive. Right. And he would, I'd go with him and I'd never pay the first few times. And then at one point it's like, well, Dennis, why don't you pay? I'm like, I don't want to pay, <laughs> but you have to, right? Other people, you go on their boat. It's a lot of fun, right? You go on their airplane. And you're like, yeah, this is really great. I'm on my friend's boat, right? And then it's like, oh, when are you going to pay? Oh, okay, I have to pay now. 
one question like many people have asked like what was the major difference which you find out when you were running facebook ads on 2013 and in 2023 right now what's the major differences how the platform has changed the major difference is the ai is doing most of the work so the controls are removed from us back then there were 30 different kinds of ads that we could run and we could do every single kind of targeting you know i could target every single interest every employer all the detail targeting now all the detail targeting's gone away now the system does testing for us so it's actually very simple there the advantage plus on facebook is the equivalent of performance max at google where you load the ingredients into the system and the system will go through the learning phase and tell you what's winning so i think of it as like you know the equivalent of going from manual transmission to automatic transmission or having to brew your own coffee to put the little Keurig cup or espresso cup or whatever the Nescafe put the thing in the and press the button and it brews for you that's that's where it's changed so it's more effective when facebook does the testing for you but the ingredients now are what count so you have to put in better quality ingredients not i'm an expert at pressing the button on the coffee machine that's what it was you know 15 years ago but now it's the ingredient 90% of it ask anybody who does facebook ads from a performance standpoint and they will agree 90% of it is in the setup it's in the digital plumbing meaning like you're passing the data back offline conversions other ways of passing data back you know having your tag manager and event tracking set up properly all the data stuff has to be set up so the system can optimize to your ltv to your cost per acquisition to your you know whatever it is you're looking for ROAS cost per call you need to pass that signal back and that's number 1 is the data number 2 is you have good creative and a lot of people give lip service to good creative but the setup of the data good creative then the the actual building of the campaigns and the optimizing the campaigns is child and the cost of traffic is so high like i remember complaining i want to say it was maybe like 2010 and the cost of traffic kept going up and i said dang it Facebook now is charging me 25 cents per 1000 impressions and it used to be 15 cents per 1000 impressions and now you know what the average cost is it's almost $20 per 1000 impressions it's 100 times more expensive and i wish i could press rewind and go back and pay 25 cents per 1000 impressions it was like ah, this is too expensive this is too expensive so one question right now like why do you think that more and more people are shifting to youtube right now i see like Like I, we have also been running ads on coaching, so we have a good audience in India in yeah. coaching. Most of us are shifting to YouTube because of this Facebook ads banning, that right. or this Facebook ads CPA going higher. Like I would just say, your normal idea. Yeah. So we sell a product of one dollar in India. Means all, uh, and for that we are getting a CPA of almost like seven dollars in YouTube. That same okay. campaign when we are running on Facebook. Yeah, we are getting a ten to eleven dollar CPA. Yeah. So, what do you think with this YouTube ads becoming more and more powerful day by day? What do you think? Yeah, Facebook ads. You, YouTube ads are probably my favorite right now, but it, of course, YouTube requires better quality creative and it requires video. And most people, even today, most advertisers still don't understand that video is the life soul of running advertising. They're still trying to do images like. Google Ads largely you could get away with just making text, right? You write a few sentences of text based on keywords which are of course bottom of funnel, high intent. But YouTube, I can target anyone on YouTube. I can target people who've watched particular videos. 
I can do retargeting. I can do RLSA. I can do TrueView ads where they only I only pay for the for the ad if they're there for 30 seconds. I could run dollar a day on YouTube. My buddy Tom Breeze is the number one YouTube performance advertiser, according to YouTube. He's got all the best books on this. You know, Daryl Eaves has the the YouTube formula, right? He's he coaches Mr. Beast and these other folks, and they all agree YouTube is the opportunity if you can tell your story via video and then you use our dollar a day tip. So what do you mean by dollar a day? Many people are asking out here, is it that you create a video and promote it for a $1 every day? Dollar a day is a testing methodology. Okay. So if you have 10 different videos and maybe you have like two or three different hooks, you have two or three main angles on the product, you have two or three calls to action, you can test combinations of these. And the point of dollar a day is not to randomly put a bunch of things out there, but to test slight variations of things that have already worked for you. So dollar a day doesn't solve a business strategy issue. Dollar a day is to amplify something that's already working well. So whatever's converting well now, maybe it's a video of this one woman and she's, she has a particular story. Find other women that, ha that are like her, that can tell a similar story or have that same woman give a slightly different story, put her in a different color dress, you know, change the button, ch change the landing page a little bit. But you and I know, as people that have done this a long time, that marketing on the internet is large. It's a, it's a conversion testing. It's, no, it's not this one secret. Oh, it's because I use ChatGPT. No, it's, it's testing lots and lots of combinations of things and then putting more money against the winner. And that winner, you can run dollars instead of a dollar a day. Sometimes we spent a million dollars a day on ad campaigns. But we didn't just turn the knob to one million immediately. We tested. Like Rosetta Stone, we were spending over a million dollars a day. They're the language learning software company. And we had hundreds of creatives that we tested. And we spent $10 a day, $100 a day. What converted the best? Then on Black Friday, we turned up to a million dollars a day. And we knew it was going to work with no risk because we'd been doing the testing. It's just testing. If you believe in testing, then dollar a day will work for you on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and TikTok and all of these channels. So one just question many people are asking out here that the dollar a day strategy, so how many days you tested it? Seven days. You tested for seven days at a dollar a day because if people don't engage with your content, there's the word testing for engagement, right? And especially on Facebook and YouTube to some degree and Twitter definitely. If people don't, if people leave you in the first two or three seconds, that's the hook. That's the most important part, just like on TikTok, especially. It doesn't matter what you say afterwards, right? If if 80% of people already scrolled past you because the first three seconds was the bumper showing your logo, the name of the company, or showing something ridiculous, or you're about to talk, but there's an extra breath of air, that could be the difference between a winning and a losing ad. So dollar a day is mainly to test initial engagement. And then the ones that pass that, you then test for conversion. Then you optimize to your cost per conversion, ROAS, CPA, cost per call, whatever. So one, uh, one question most of the people are asking right now. The question is that, what do you think is the best funnel right now in the industry? Which one do you think? Is it a high ticket funnel or the webinar funnel or the challenge funnel? This is a random question which someone has thrown and, uh, and he's asking that, Dennis, you, I am a coach and I really appreciate whatever you are seeing. I, I like, I really went through your contents and it's so powerful and motivating. My question is that 
like uh, what would you suggest that what kind of funnel works uh, better for as per your uh, like like lookings in right now is it a high ticket funnel or a webinar funnel or a like book a call funnel which one do you feel they all work right and you'll see lots of examples of other people that make it work and of course that's not really helpful because the answer to questions like that are it depends but here's what i would say the number one thing that works in general is when you're selling premium to a very tight niche audience so yeah High ticket works well. Webinars are great for selling high ticket because it builds relationships. But forget about like what kind of funnel or is it click funnels or what kind of software. That's not the main question. Here's the real question. Do you have a one minute video that convinces people that you are authoritative and people should buy from you? That's what you need. And I, I think the ultimate funnel is just the video, just a video. Like if you have a video that's compelling and it creates authority and people trust you, and there's a lot of examples of other people that are clients of yours or who have bought your product, that it's social proof, right? I don't mean social proof as you have the blue check mark and you have a million followers like me or something. It's people can see that you have solved a very particular problem for a very particular audience repeatedly. And you have a clear process and you're laying out exactly how you do it. You're sharing all your knowledge. It, a lot of coaches and agency owners are here. Share your knowledge openly, transparently. Do not gate it. Do not force people to go through all these hoops to get access to it. Just give it away. Because by the time anyone who's selling a product that's more than a few thousand dollars, which I guess it depends on what country, what high ticket is. In the United States, anything more than 5,000 is maybe high ticket. The I've done some research in the last couple of years. You know how many touches it takes to drive a conversion for high ticket? I mean, I, seven? 70, not seven. 15 years ago, it was seven. It's 70. So it's when you think about a funnel, a funnel is nothing more than remarketing, where there's a series of messages that happen, a series of videos, a series of emails that go out. You know, retargeting is just sending them another message based on something that happened. So if someone has to have interacted with you 70 times, seen your content, seen you speak on stage, look at your book, see you on Twitter, social, omnipresence, where they see you on YouTube as well and all this. If it takes 70 on average, then it's not what funnel software you're using, it's what are you doing to get 70 touches? So I have people that sign up for our programs all the time. I have the dollar a day program, which is, we have the course, which we've been putting out there for free recently to test. But people that want help implementing dollar a day, most of them, I had one sign up yesterday and said, yes, I've seen you for the last seven years, many, many times all over the place. And then finally I decided today was the day I wanted to sign up for your program. And it wasn't because I had a great landing page. It wasn't because I had a sale. It wasn't because there was a coupon. It was because I established trust because other people they respect, they would say, yeah, I I know that so-and-so has gone through your program a few years ago and he said, you need to go to the program too because it really helped me. I didn't even know about that, right? That's the funnel. The funnel is your reputation. Here's the, here's the one thing to do. Google yourself and see what shows up. That's like looking in the mirror, stepping on the scale, right? It tells you, Google me and see what shows up. You'll see a knowledge panel show up. How, how well do you think that? That's the ultimate landing page, isn't it? Isn't Google the best landing page funnel? Google, Google me and see what shows up. Google yourself, and if you see what I'm doing, you can have the same kind of result in Google when people search on your name. Completely, that makes so much sense out here. 
So my next question to you is that, uh, this is just a question, which platform, most of the people are like, like which platform right now is the best platform according to you to run ads? Is it uh, like you, have, you said that you're running ads on all platform. So is it Twitter? Is it TikTok? Is it Facebook? Or is it YouTube? It's whatever platform your clients are on. It's that simple. So I have a lot of local businesses like home service businesses and doctors. And they're 40, 50, 60. So they're on Facebook. All these guys are on Facebook. So I spend more time on Facebook. So I have almost a million followers on Facebook. I have only 80,000 followers on Twitter. I have only like 14,000 followers on Instagram because doctors and home service businesses are not on Instagram. They're not, I mean, they're watching on TikTok, but they're not really engaging, right? So be where your audience is. Don't be where the Twitter money bros are because you're trying to engage with the other people that are talking about making money and affiliates and coaching. I mean, that's great. You could do that. And certainly there's nothing wrong with hanging out with other people in the same industry, but you should be spending more time with that particular audience. So if you sell, you know, pet products, then you should be spending time with the pet manufacturers and the pet owners, right? Not with people that are selling other things. The majority of your time, spend with your audience, create content with them, get them on your podcast. Don't worry about tools. Don't worry about the channel. I think the channels don't matter because what we do with the idea of the content factory, Google it to see how that works. You create content like this and we're live streaming to multiple channels. And then we can take the transcription here via tools like Descript and all the other AI tools and automatically convert them into articles. We can even take this and on around, you can be a chapter in a book or you can create a book using of all the people you've interviewed and give it some title. ChatGPT will come up with the title, right? So you create it once and the creation of the content is independent of the channel because it can be repurposed to live as little social snippets on Facebook, Instagram stories, you know, whatever it might be. That's actually so great. Uh, like the amount of knowledge which you are sharing today to this Indian audience is amazing, to be honest. So one question like it came uh, basically from here is that like there are, there are many people in India who have this question. That's the reason I'm asking uh, where basically that how to get started in 2023 in this advertising industry like many people are, many people in india still have that novice i like you are visited in india so you know like many people come with that middle class mentality yeah. and that thing happened india is still not that that much developed as the other right. countries are so how to get started in this industry how to get started in the advertising industry i wish i had known this 20 years ago number one thing is find a mentor who has successfully done the thing that you want to do there's a lot of people that are doing lots of things, but find, but be very clear is your goal. You want to be an affiliate marketer. You want to serve local businesses. You want to do e-commerce. You want to be an influencer. You want to build websites. You want to go work for somebody. You want to start an agency, find someone. Well, first you have to decide which of those things you want to be. And then number two, find someone who has done that and follow them, offer to work for them. Learn everything about them. Read their book. Don't just go to them saying, hi, sir, you know, I want to work for you or please teach me everything. They're, they're too busy for that sort of thing. Do the work in advance. Ask intelligent questions. Offer a value. Don't just ask for their time. Don't just ask for a job. And you will advance so much further. Otherwise, if you don't do that, 
you will waste all day watching YouTube videos and what just consuming information and you will not have built any relationships. You will not have had client opportunities to actually practice until you actually get practice, until you work on a real client. The game has not, you know, the clock has not started. But why would any random person trust you with their website and their social media or whatever if you have no experience, right? If you're, if you declare that you're a doctor, you're a surgeon on a run, right? Would, or let's say I declared I'm a surgeon and I, and I said, hey, Anurag, you know what? I'll give you the first surgery for free. What do you say? Let me do your heart surgery for free. What would you say? I would say that I will be in dilemma first of all, That, uh, but I will definitely say, yes, we can go for it. Really? Your yeah. surgery? Let, let me do surgery on you. I have no experience. I'll do it for free. If it's not an experience, then for the first time, I will not risk myself for sure. Okay. So that's the problem, people who are starting new. So the way you overcome that is you find an apprentice, internship, whatever whatever way you can work with someone who is experienced, who has succeeded in doing the thing that you want. And here's the other related thing. Do not listen to advice from people on the internet unless they have actually achieved the thing that you want to do. So I have started multiple agencies that have made more than a million dollars a year. So if you want to start a digital agency, or for example, you know, you want to do SEO, great. Follow the people who have actually succeeded in SEO and are teaching exactly how they do that. Join their communities. Most of them you don't have to pay. Some of them will offer coaching, right? But people like Honor on here will put it out there for free. And then if you really like the guest, you like the knowledge that's being shared, then you're going to sign up for the coaching program. But same thing, right? All the content you want out there is for free. But the thing that you're paying for is access and those kinds of opportunities. Absolutely. So one, one, like one question, like most of the people have, so like whom to follow, like this is one of the biggest question, because one thing which I have seen when I started my career is that there are two kinds of coaches, one coach who is actually a coach who is helping people yeah. and they do not come on the internet much, like on the YouTube and all like, and give that big need a mentor. It's very simple. Find a mentor who's done the thing that you want to do. Otherwise, if you do, you are not clear on your goal. You're going to follow everyone who looks like they're successful. And then you're going to apply. And not saying any of the things they're doing will work or not work. But then what you're going to do is a random list of actions. Be very clear. If you're clear on your goal, then you're clear on who the mentor is, right? And the mentor is not Elon Musk or Richard Branson. Find someone very more specific than that. So just a question, uh, like, uh, like, how does your day look like, Dennis? Like many of the people have questions like, Successful people like you, like what should be the schedule? What schedule do you follow? We all want time freedom. So my schedule is open. I can do what I want. I spend a few hours a day reading. I spend a few hours a day with, with friends that are successful, that I want to be like. And they want to be like me or learn from me and I want to learn from them. So it's mutual. I was in Los Angeles yesterday with my friend who founded Escape Fitness, one of the top fitness equipment manufacturers in the world. And another high-end coach who serves companies that, or not companies, like families that are very wealthy and will pay $100,000 for coaching. His name's Dan Eulin. And we had sushi last night. And I flew back to Vegas here. And I'm going to the trampoline park because I'm going to exercise. Exercise is a top priority for me. And I spend an hour and a half a day maybe exercising, right? So people I know that are very successful, they, their number one thing is control of their time. So they're not locked into eight meetings a day. That's, there's nothing wrong with having eight meetings a day. I did that for 10 years when I worked as an employee at Yahoo, right? And American Airlines. 
but you, for me, I mean, it's up to you. Everyone has different goals. But for me, the time freedom to be able to hang out with the people that I like, which also happen to be people that I'm making money with, which is a double bonus. So it's not like, how do you separate life and work? The people that I really want to spend time with, I'm making money with. It's fantastic. I don't feel like I'm having to choose, right? It's great. So I divide my time into three categories. A third of my time, I'm spending learning. A third I'm spending doing, like, you know, running businesses or, you know, whatever. And a third of the time I'm spending teaching, like this, podcasts, sharing my knowledge, coaching other people. Now, if you're young, you're probably spending 100% of your time doing because you're hustling and you're working and you wake up at five o'clock in the morning because you think that's what you're supposed to do. And you work until you're very tired, right? And I get that, that that works in a manual labor, physical environment, but we are all intellectual workers. One hour of really good thinking can generate a lot of money for you because it's you know residual income, the ads that work well, you keep putting more money on them. There's a multiplying effect. Unlike manual labor, there's no multiplying effect. So if you're spending all your time and you're overwhelmed and you're busy, then you're just doing. There's no time for learning, which makes you more effective. And there's no time for teaching, which is putting processes in place, hiring other people. And you can get to a very successful point as a freelancer, as a solo, lone wolf, affiliate, consultant, just one person as the worker. You don't have a company, it's just you, right? But if you want to grow into a company where you have many people, you have to have systems and processes. And that can only happen once you've documented what you're doing, you're training up other people. So you can only spend a third of your time working. Because if you spend more than that, you don't have enough time to learn and not enough time to teach, which is document, process, manage, you know, scale yourself. Otherwise, you are always going to be stuck being the only person doing the work. That's so awesome. Okay, so Dennis, if you have like two to three more minutes, then there are some questions people are asking. Can we have it if you have time yeah. comment? Yeah, I, I, can, I can do that. But if you want to do more, I can. I have some melting groceries at the door that will take me two min take me a minute and a half to put away. Should I do that or do you want to just go for two or three minutes? Yeah, sure. It's, it's absolutely fine if you want. Like people in India, they wanted to ask you two questions. If you're okay with it. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Let me just put some things. I'll be right back in one minute. Yeah. So you, you queue up those questions. Sure, sure, sure. All right, folks, whatever questions you have, you want to ask Dennis, you can go ahead and put it on the chat box right now so that we can uh, share this uh, questions when he comes back. Quickly, guys. So that when Janice comes back, we can ask him those questions. Please, you guys can drop your questions, whatever you want. All the same.
Uh, that. Sure, amazing. Thank you. Thank you for taking our time to answer these questions. So I would just ask the first question. So this is a, a person. His name is basically, uh, I think, Nabil. Okay. Nabil from India asks you this question. The best advice you have gotten from someone? Hmm. Best advice is seek a mentor. A lot of people think that because information is free, you can learn everything all by yourself and you don't need other people. But the information that you think you need to know is not what you realize. In other words, there's what you know you know. There's what you know that you don't know. And those things we can control. But it's what you don't know that you don't know that gets you in trouble. And those are called blind spots. And a mentor points those out. And I had a mentor who made a huge impact on my life. And he was a CEO of American Airlines. And his name was Al Casey. And he taught me so much, but also it frustrated me so much because he would give me feedback and criticism. And I don't like to be criticized, right? I don't like to be told when I'm wrong. But I was very wrong in many ways. And if I didn't have someone tell me that, I would have never have learned. I would have just kept hitting my head over and over making the same mistake. So I think a mentor is key and several mentors because all of us, we have blind spots. We're confident about certain things and there's things that we missed, right? All of us, we're skillful in certain areas and there's other things that maybe we don't do so well in and we don't know why we are struggling. But a mentor can see because they've succeeded and they can look at your situation. And if you're willing to be honest with yourself, they'll tell you what you need to do, but they're not going to keep telling you if you don't listen. That's, that makes so much sense, actually. So, second question, and this girl's name is called uh, Sonali uh, from India. She asks you this question. So, will AI take away the job of humans? No. AI, well, good humans, smart humans using AI will put other humans out of business. But AI is not just going to straight out replace people because... In order to be successful with AI, you have to be able to practice active listening. You have to be creative. You have to be able to think. You have to use the AI as like a sounding board, as like a very intelligent advisor, as a friend, as a coworker, not as some robot. A lot of people think, well, if I don't know anything about whatever the topic, I can just use the AI and the AI will do the work. No. There's a lot of virtual assistants out there in other countries that are trying to use the AI and they're just generating garbage. Because it, it, AI amplifies what you already know. So remember when calculators came out like 50 years ago? Does that mean people don't have to understand math anymore? No, because the person using the calculator has to understand how to use the thing, right? So AI is not just some magic dust you sprinkle that creates miracles. And people, they're so mm, consumed with Hollywood and Bollywood that they think that the AI is going to be developed by some evil person who is going to try to exterminate the planet. And then the machines are everywhere trying to kill everybody. That is Hollywood for entertainment. The reality, and my friend Perry Marshall said this, is that you could take a million calculators, string them together. They will never wake up. They'll never be sentient. Artificial general intelligence is if you look at the top people, the founder of OpenAI, you know, Sam Altman, other people, they all agree that it is a long way away and there's a lot of problems to overcome still. 
And the number one thing, the way to state, because the, the other part of the question, the hidden question, you know, the question is, will AI, you know, replace us humans to some degree, not 100%, but in, in different professions, you know, like driving cars or working in the factory. Yes, of course. But the last part to be replaced is the human empathetic coaching, like what you do on or up people-based skills because the AI doesn't know how to do that. The AI can generate text to make it seem like they care. But at the end of the day, us humans want to be around other humans. And ironically, the best way to succeed with AI, I was at a three-day AI conference in Chicago. Top AI experts were there. But the conclusion of the top people in AI is that the ones that are succeeding are actually the most human because the AI is able to amplify and serve us the right way. I'm not afraid of AI. We're the people creating the technology, not like trying to quickly adapt and react to the technology. We're the ones making it happen. So I'm not afraid of it. So amazing answer, actually. Like people are learning so much right now. One, uh, like I would just take two last questions because I respect your time. I would just take two last questions. So there's someone called Adam. So he is like in his 20s. So he just asked this question how to overcome like procrastination and fear of failure in the young age. Yeah, Adam, I, I feel you. I'm, I'm not quite as young as I used to be, but here's, here's a few things. So procrastination is not because you're tired. It's not because you're lazy. It's not because you're a bad person. It's because you have not managed your time effectively. So I bet you, Adam, that you're the kind of person where if you have an assignment that's, that's due in a week from now, you're like, you know what? I know I'm a smart person. I can wait until the night before and work really, really hard and turn it in. And I get the rush, right? You, you know, we all get the rush from like last minute, you know, like the in the movies where the bomb's going to explode. You have 10 seconds left. You have to cut the right wire before, you know, like there's excitement from doing that. And Bill Gates wrote about this in his book, The Road Ahead. And he said that he would ace all these classes because he knew he was very smart. So Adam, you're probably very smart. In fact, the people who are the biggest procrastinators are very, very smart because they know they can wait to the last minute. So what you do is you create artificial deadlines. So this laptop, I'll probably later today go to Starbucks and there's an um, analysis that I have to get out to a client tomorrow. And they're spending a million dollars a month on Facebook ads and I, I have to come in there and analyze and whatnot. And if this were the old dentist, I would have waited till an hour before the deadline. Like tomorrow morning at nine o'clock, I would work. And then by 10 o'clock, I would send it to this guy. Just in the last second, I would send the, you know, send the thing over. But the, the dentist today, I would take this laptop, I'll go to Starbucks or whatnot, and I would not bring my power cord because then I would say, okay, this laptop, it only has two hours left of battery. I must get this assignment done before it runs out of power. See? You see how like creating a deadline, if you create these little deadlines along the way, here's another way to do it. Let's say you wake up in the morning. What's the first thing that people do when they wake up in the morning? The worst thing possible. They check their phone. They go to social media. They go to this entertainment. So they ruin their brain. In the first hour or two of the day, which is your best day, your, your brain has not been polluted yet with the world. And it's still in the alpha phase coming out of sleep where your mind's the most powerful and you're able to tap into the power of the subconscious. You can study all of this and, uh, and how powerful your brain actually is if you know how to tap into it. And so in those most powerful moments, think, what are the three things I want to get done today? So I'm Adam. What, is, what if today, if I got these three things done, 
it wouldn't matter about anything else. I just need to, at the end of the day, if I got nothing else done but these three things, I would feel very happy with myself. Then, this is very hard for us to do. Even I don't do this. Get those things done before you check social media, before you turn on the TV, before you go chit-chat with your friends, or get those three things done. And then you can do all this other stuff. But I, I, you know what? I look at the phone and I see like, oh, there's all these text messages and there's all these notifications and these, these people are hitting me up and now, you know, I got to check Instagram and I have to do like, don't do that, right? So you can set timers. If you have the iPhone, you can set screen time. There's different ways to do that, to have accountability. But I think the, the biggest thing is what's called big rocks first. What are the things you really want to do? And actually right over here, I'll, I'll pull it up for you. I set, I'm very old fashioned. I'm a technology person too, but I'm old fashioned. I write down a list physically and a pen, not, not electronic notepad, not an app. I write down what I need to get done today. And then done. I cross them out and it feels so good. You know, the endorphins go off cause I can come in and I can, I can cross, I can cross it out. See, I crossed that one out, right? And do that, right? Very simple. Piece of paper, write down the three things, get them done. And tell me, I'd love to hear, Adam, what happens when you do that? Tell me what happens. Tell me on Twitter, Facebook, whatever. I want to know what happens. Watch what happens. Because I bet you, you're procrastinating. You're thinking, oh, I'm, I procrastinate. I'm, I've always been procrastinating. You beat yourself up because you know that you waited to the last minute. You know you're not as productive as you could be. You feel shame about that. The odds are you're probably very intelligent. You're very smart. The very smart people can get away with procrastinating. You just have not controlled your time. And you know that. That's absolutely amazing the way you shared. So there is, uh, I will just take the last one question for you. I respect your time. Uh, so the last one question is that, so many people are asking it. Like in your journey also, there have been many failures, many ups oh, yeah. and downs. So most of the time when ups and downs come, people get disheartened. Like in this online industry, a Facebook ad running amazing, suddenly Facebook blocks your ad account. So what is the mindset which is required in this online world to go ahead? See, I'm not one of those existential or, you know, mindset coach people, and I'm not a motivational speaker. I look at it as the journey, as you know, is always ups and downs. And if you look back on your life, nothing that was bad that happened was ever really as bad as you thought at the moment. You thought it was complete disaster. And things that were good, you can celebrate, of course, but it was never really as good as you thought that it was. And the things that you thought were bad often turned out into blessings. So I lost a client that was paying me $20,000 a month last month. And then the client that he referred was also $20,000 a month. So I lost $40,000 a month in income. And that would be devastating, right? And plus it's shameful. It's like, oh, why did this guy cancel on me? We did good work, right? And I could blame him and I could be mad at all this. But then that freed up time to work on another project, which is actually much bigger and much better and was in alignment with, with my dream in this own your own marketing thing that I'm doing with Marco Sipola. And we've generated, I'm not going to tell you the number, but we've generated a lot more 
we, we more than replaced that revenue. And it's with better clients, better people. It's building the software I've always wanted to build out. It's, it's right with my dream. But if I didn't lose this one thing, which was not really a fit, and I guess in hindsight, you know, maybe I took it because it was more attractive because it made more money, but that's never the right reason. I mean, you know, if you're not making much money, you'll try to say yes to everything because it's like, oh yeah, I need the money. I need the money. Okay, I get that. But sometimes the failure isn't really a failure. It opens more room for bigger and better projects. And I've seen that happen time and time again, where, you know, you, you think of like this Tetris block or whatever, you have only so much room and so you have to take things out. So you have make room to put other things in. If you want to be able to grow, that means you have to say no to things that you would have said yes to before, because you want to make room for bigger things. You deserve bigger things coming up. Absolutely. That, that makes actually so much sense. So like, Thank you, Dennis. The way you came up and shared with the Indian audience, it's amazing. Like, there are many people, so they are actually sitting on the Zoom with their cameras on, but they cannot, uh, you cannot see them actually, but they can see you. So, if you just, like, they all are asking. Yeah, and come connect with me, right? I know I'm in the United States today, but I'm in India twice a year. And you can, the beauty of the internet, as you know, is that we can connect. We're we, here. We all are, they all are requesting. They all are requesting, but I don't, but I, I know that's not possible. They all are requesting. If you could join the Zoom and put a hi to them, they okay. all are requesting that. But the, the best way to get my time, and this is the same with anyone who's a mentor or a teacher, is engage in their content, study it. So I teach Dollar a Day. I study, I, I teach the Content Factory. I posted this video in several places on how you can own your own, the five steps on how to own your own marketing. If you engage with that and you make a video about it or you write a LinkedIn post or something, you tag me, I'll engage with you. So I know people who, who are a hundred times better known than me, a hundred times more successful than me, where people will say, oh, you'd never be able to get this person's attention. But because I bought their book, because I studied what they said, and then I made an intelligent post summarizing what they're doing, they reply to me. I just got a note back from Dr. Philip Ovadi, who's the number one heart surgeon in America. And he said, I'd love to have you on a live stream. I thought, wow, this is like winning the lottery. This is incredible. It's because I bought his book and I reviewed it and I shared what his tips were, you know, and so people, people who are well-known, they all, they publish books, they do podcasts, but 99% of people don't actually study that information. So if you study it, and you show that you actually put in the time and that kind of respect, they almost always reach out to you. You'd be surprised, but because 99% of people don't do it. You wanna be ahead of the 99% of the other people that are just sitting here watching this on Zoom, but don't do anything? Take action and engage on the content. So uh, can they do right now one thing? Can they take a picture of, yeah. add them on Instagram? Yeah. Add Instagram. All right, guys, everyone of you, you can take a picture of Dennis right now and tag him on Instagram. Quickly. I will be the first one to do that. One there you go. I love India. Tell me what city you're in, in India. Maybe we can host like a get together or something. I love, I'm old fashioned. I like to meet people in, in person. Amazing. So the next time you come, someone said to me, the next time you come in India, Dennis, you have to eat food at my house. Yes. So it's an open invitation. What are you going to make at your house? What kind of food are we making? So it's an Indian food, actually. It's like uh, made with some spices and all. So it's a traditional Indian food. Like a doll or something or what? 
<laughs> a naan, what are we having? You know. Yeah. So in India, the favorite food is uh, I don't know that you know it's it's Golgappa. It's a very famous food in India. Uh huh. Let's do it. Sure. So uh, I re- thank you, thank you, thank you, Dennis, for your time thank in you. India. Thank you for making the time. Uh, to our, all of our audience, it really, really means a lot. And uh, all of you guys can follow Dennis on basically Instagram and YouTube and Facebook profiles. And you can tag with this picture with uh, Dennis and you can share it on Instagram so that probably you might get noticed by Dennis. Fantastic. Right. I want to hear from you guys. I'm going to see how you guys are doing. I want to see you found a mentor. I want to see you're making one minute videos. I want to see that you're engaging. I want to see that you're making money. So thank you. Thank you, Dennis. This really, really, really means a lot. And I'm really, really blessed to have you. Thank, oh, you. thank you. Lots of love. With Namaste from India. Thank you, Dennis. Okay, Sam. Hi, Dennis. Thank you for your time. Means a lot. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope this podcast brings some value into your life. Now, what is the next step? The next step you want, and if you want to implement this learnings which you have learned in this podcast. Go ahead on anurandas.in right now, A-N-U-R-A-N-D-A-S.in and go ahead and register for this week's live 8 hours bootcamp for absolutely free of cost where we are going to teach you how you can type messages on WhatsApp and make up to $1,000 to $2,000 every single month. So go ahead and click on the link somewhere there. And one more thing folks, always remember, keep smiling, keep sharing and keep subscribing. Thank you.